What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Successes Within Reach podcast, season two, episode 20, Securing the Bag, Patience, Persistence, and Positivity. I am joined here this evening by a special guest, Ms. Raven Turner. She is a serial entrepreneur, two-time author, and a public speaker. Ms. Turner, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Blessed, blessed. No complaints over here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get started, I want to remind you, as always, you can join in a conversation and submit your questions and comments live at www.facebook.com slash podcast. One more time, that is www.facebook.com slash podcast. All right, let's get into it. So share uh, with our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into entrepreneurship and public speaking. Yeah, sure. So, um, Again, my name is Raven Turner. I am coming from the great state of Texas, uh, around the Dallas area, but uh, I'm a graduate, HBCU graduate. Went to Prairie View A&M University, uh, ran track out there on a scholarship. So my events, just a little quick synopsis, all the relays, pole vaults, open 200, sometimes the open four. So um, my goal was to one day become a collegiate athletic director. That was like the dream because I love sports and I figured the best thing to do would be around, you know, get a career around that. And um, when I graduated, it was well before graduating, you know, I was trying to get Nike internships and, you know, create a career in Florida. Uh, and it just wasn't working out, you know, and I'm very persistent very driven. So I'm continuing to knock on those doors and it's just not working. Um, I had to move back home with my parents. And during this time, it was kind of like God was just revealing to me, you know, I'm putting you in a position to build something. I've always been a person that people listen to, like I'm small in stature, but you know, my presence is big. And when I speak, you know, I speak volumes and people listen. So um, he was kind of just showing me, I'm putting you in position to speak. And, you know, I never wanted to do that, but it's funny because you know, growing up, people used to tell me, like, that's what you're going to do. And I used to run from it. And um, I've gotten connected with Eric Thomas, you know, Inky Johnson, David Shantz, all of the likes of them uh, since I've been doing this. So I'm in pretty good company. I've learned some things from them. And uh, it's been a journey. It hasn't been easy, but I can say that it's kind of come uh, easy, you know, in this short amount of time of four to five years, what I've been able to do, the income I've been able to make. So I definitely, you know, believe this is my gift. And, you know, just to make a long story short, speaking required, you know, in order to speak and make money, you have to be there physically. So the serial entrepreneur comes in as, you know, creating other streams of income that are passive that don't require my presence because speaking, uh, you know, I plan to do that like full time. I plan to become a household name like the world needs a female speaker and um, mm -hmm. i am that female speaker 
<laughs> nice. That's what's up. Like that is that's so dope. You know, that's the story of so many people. Like um, something was pulling at them and pulling at them, but they ran from it. But it, you know, thank God it came back around full circle, and now they can walk in, you know, in their purpose. So right. I think that's such a dope story. Right. So um, I want to know what have been the greatest resources that you've pulled from to develop the strength, perseverance and business acumen to become a successful entrepreneur? What would be the greatest resources? You know, I have to say like uh, really networking, um, you know, like I think you just got to get connected to the right people uh, mm -hmm. because you just can't do this thing by yourself and it's connections. You know, we hear all the time, it's not what you know, but who you know, but that's very true. You, you got to get in the right company, in the right circles. Um, and that makes it easier. You know, that makes makes everything a lot easier because you don't know who knows who. And for instance, you know, every time I speak, um, I'm always getting references to someone that they know because that opens the door to that university that much more easily when I can put that in an email or they're, hey, this is Raven Turner. She's speaking here you know i think she'd be great for your students it makes it opens the door a lot quicker and a lot easier for me so it's it's the resources getting connected to the right sources you know and i think a lot of times a lot of people what they go wrong is um you know like a lot of entrepreneurs they're trying to catch every opportunity every fish go to every conference listen to every podcast and you don't have to catch every fish you just need to catch the right fish Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to be in at every conference. You just need to go to the right conference, you know, definitely. so. Definitely. And in terms of um, personal development, like to be able to face adversity, you know, where, where do you draw from? Because I, I know I mean, entrepreneurship is not for the faint at heart. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, you know, I think I think entrepreneurship looks sexy, it looks glamorous on social media, you know, I never wanted to do this. I would have chose going into corporate any day, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like, you know, certain things and things in your life happen for a certain reason. Um, and I really truly believe like some people, you know, God has a plan for everybody's life, but sometimes like things really don't work out because that's not where you're supposed to be. And like, I'm telling you, I was trying to get into Nike, trying, trying, I'm trying to go to Florida, get my master's. I'm trying, I'm trying, and it is not working. But you mm -hmm. know, as soon as I started speaking, it's like, it's coming quickly, you know, and not mm -hmm. even quickly. It's like, I'm getting paid a certain amount of money. And, um, you know, so I think it's like, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and we hear that all the time, like, you got to know why you're doing what you're doing. But I, I truly believe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, if I quit this, then what? You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to just go work any job just to make money. I want to have fun doing what I'm doing. And I am great at what I do, impacting the lives of other individuals. So it's kind of like you just got to you got to remember why you're doing what you're doing and who you're doing it for, you know, because mm -hmm. it's bigger than you and it's like when you know the calling on your life and you know that God has called you to do something I find strength in that you know knowing that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and if God brought me this far you know he didn't just leave me here because it's difficult like during this pandemic you know you got to go through what you're going through mm -hmm. and, um, and eventually you know you'll get there you know when you listen to Inky and E I don't know if 
if anyone listening or if you know who those men are, but they didn't get there overnight. You know, they had yeah. troubles and everything like that. So it's like, I'm over here talking about, I want to be in that type of company. Um, and on that level, you don't get to go to that level without going through some things. You know what I mean? So any entrepreneur listening, you don't get to become a great entrepreneur without going through some things. It's going to be difficult. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be difficult because if it was easy, everyone and their mom and dad would be entrepreneurs. And it's just not everybody. I don't think it's just cut for it. Like it's a lot. Yeah. I 1000% agree with you. Um, as you were saying that, it made me think of how um, Kendall Ficklin always says, people want what it looks like, but not what it feels like. Yeah, you know? I used to be a grindation. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, you know, like you said, it's it's the, the sexy snapshot that everybody looks at. Oh, look at the cars, look at the trips, look at the jewelry, look at blah, blah, blah. But they didn't see the, the sleepless nights, the yeah. two, three months with absolutely no clients, you know, yeah. the, the money spent before you made your first five figure client or, you know, five figure gig, you know, yeah. it's, it's definitely, it's, it's not for the faint of heart, you know, yeah. and you can't wear your heart on your sleeve because especially starting out, unless you just walk into the game, super connected, you're going to have more rough months <laughs> and positive yeah. months until you really get a system going and get your clientele up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. You know, and another part of entrepreneurship I want to get you to uh, touch on is financial literacy. Um, I don't think enough people put the research into that portion of entrepreneurship. People just, of course, they're chasing the bag, chasing the bag. They just want the results and they don't understand exactly what they need to do. A, once they secure the bag, well, no, I say A, before they even secure the bag, what they need to do with their finances and then B, what to do with it once they get it. So can you um, explain the value of financial literacy and not only creating, but sustaining a successful business? Well, I'm not a financial guru, anyone out there. I can just only speak from my experiences, but financial literacy, you know, it's key. It's, it's, uh, you know, very instrumental in, you know, you having a successful business or, you know, just, uh, you know, successful finances. But, you know, one thing I did when I got out of college, I was in debt, you know, major debt. And I'll be honest, I work overnight at a group home, right? I do mm -hmm. not make a lot of money at my job. I make $12 an hour. That is the mm -hmm. most I've ever made on a job. I make more money speaking than I do at my overnight job. But my overnight mm -hmm. job funds my stocks, my my travel fund, uh, my car fund, um, some personal income things. Like, you know, so I had to learn how to budget. I had to mm -hmm. learn how to, you know, I got some books. Debt 101 is a good book, you know, because I had to figure out how to get out of debt. Um, so what I had to do, you know, I learned about credit cards. Like when I first graduated college, I didn't know that you only want to spend, um, I think is you don't want to spend more than 30% of your card. Like if your credit card amount doing that mm -hmm. makes your credit score drop. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to spend over, um, 30%. And then, you know, paying your credit card, not just on the balance date, like on the due date, but before that, you know, um, having longevity with your cards, you know, I had that already. So I just had to cut my, I had to cut like spending, you know what I mean? Figure out what is the need, what is the want, and then start saving, you know, even though I make $12 an hour, I have a good amount of money saved up because it's not about how much 
money you make, it's about how much money you save. And mm -hmm. um, when I leave my parents' house, I plan to be in a good position. I plan that I will have like six to 10 months worth of money in an emergency fund, you know, set aside um, just from saving, you know, even from speaking, you know, when I speak, I pay myself first. When mm -hmm. I get paid from my job, my employer, you want to put, you want to put like five to 10% of your check, even if you're not like a full-time entrepreneur and you have an employer, you want to put like five to 10% of your check away. Like you don't even see it. And it's going to certain um, categories, you know, of your finances and you want to have it um, automated, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then you live off the rest. That's how you're supposed to do it. But to become financially literate and even myself, I'm still reading books on financial literacy, you know, uh, what is it like the millionaire next door? That's a great mm -hmm. book. The automatic millionaire is a great book. That is what taught me about an emergency fund. I have it with fidelity. Um, excuse me. That taught me, you know, how to break up my categories. Like I love traveling. So I have a travel fund. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. these are the type of things that you should do. Um, you know, you plan on buying a car or you plan on making a big purchase, put money towards that every month. That's how you do it. Um, so that's just kind of what I did. And, um, you know, to get out of debt, I used something called the momentum method where I tackled and got rid of the least amount of debt that I had first and um, then worked my way up to the greatest amount that I had. So it's like, you know, I take care of this one small bill and now that money, once that's paid off, that money that I was using for that, I'm paying it towards the next one and so forth and so forth. And that creates momentum for you. That's why it's mm -hmm. called the momentum method. Um, Cause you're seeing results right away. So that's, that's kind of what I did. I still read books on financial literacy cause I, you know, I'm running two businesses here and I'm trying to be successful and, you know, I have a CPA um, and I'm just trying to learn and, you know, execute on the knowledge that I learn. And that's, that's such a real life, example like I, I love everything about what you just said because that's what i feel like is missing from what people get on social media and, and getting these ads on the internet you know those are what you just gave are, are real life you know budgeting tips and letting people know how you can make both of them work some people mm -hmm. just tell you oh no you got a dream just quit everything go chase it like no sometimes your nine to five is helping to fund your dream until yeah. you can get there you know it's leverage and, Exactly. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand leverage. Like everything is leverage. Relationships is leverage. Because if you know, you know, like for me, I've been trying to get and speak to um, certain sports teams, SEC, ACC, all of that. You know, but my former, the the SMU coach over here at Dallas and SMU, you know, the basketball coach, the women's head coach, she's a black woman. She used to be the head coach at Prairie View. So mm -hmm. my track coach at Prairie View and her have a great relationship She's trying to get me in there to speak. That's leverage, leveraging relationships. Your time is mm -hmm. leverage. Your job is leverage if you have a job. Because you got to remember, your job is leveraging you. They're using your time. Right. Make you spend eight hours a day or however many hours a day that you spend there helping grow their business. And they're paying you every two weeks as a result of it. They are leveraging you. So you got to leverage them back. So I work overnights at a group home, like I said, and I don't make a lot of money, but we know as entrepreneurs, the greatest thing that you have, or even in life is time. You can't get your time back. Mm -hmm. It comes, it goes, 
So what this job gives me is time to build during the day, to do everything that I'm doing, bending, about to get into Airbnb, and then allow me to stri focus strictly on speaking and doing that. And it's just leverage. Like, you know, OPM, leverage other people's money when you're getting into real estate, all that type of stuff. Everything is leverage. And for those, um, you know, watching live and for those that will be listening later, you know, if what she just said sounds familiar, it sounds a lot like what Jay Allen discussed on one of our uh, finance and credit segments. You know, when she talked about it in um, terms of momentum, he talked about the same process, calling it the snowball effect, you know, mm -hmm. paying off one debt. And then you use that money to pay off the next one, use that to pay off the next mm -hmm. and you keep going and keep going you know and also in, in leverage like you hear these terms everywhere i'm telling you it is a true statement that success leaves clues when you hear multiple people saying the same thing no matter what title they give it these are the processes that help you create this blueprint to your success uh, can't can't say that enough like you gotta pay attention to that if yeah. everybody's doing it gotta be something to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true success leaves clues all right and uh, for the aspiring or part-time entrepreneur uh, that still works a nine to five um what type of budget or savings would you suggest they set up before making the leap to full-time entrepreneurship i know everybody has a different list um for this one but I'm interested in what your list would be my main thing is you know i'm i'm not full-time but uh when i do become full-time like i said earlier i want to have six to ten months really six to twelve months of funds saved up, you know, an emergency account. That's mm -hmm. the goal. Like, I don't care if I have a thousand dollars in my checking and I got mm -hmm. 10,000 over here in an emergency fund. I'm fine with that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Cause I'm going to make money in that thousand dollars and keep that going. But that's what I want to do. You want to have something to set aside because if something happens and we hit like, you know, another spill like this, when a pandemic happens or anything, you want to be able to get your hands on some money. You know, you want to be able to continue to live, survive, thrive. So you want to have mm -hmm. six to 12 months, at least six. Some people will say three to six. I'm going to say six to 12. All right. Um, emergency fund. I personally, before I leave my job, I want to be out of debt. All credit card debt. I only got two left. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about student loans. I pay on. I, they may not ever get paid. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, you know. Biden and then we're supposed to take care of it. They didn't do it. So it is what it is. <laughs> but you want to, uh, I want to be out of all debt. So it makes it easier for me. You know what I mean? So the only thing I'm paying for is like life insurance. The only thing mm -hmm. I'm paying for is uh, my cell phone and then my rent. You know, mm -hmm. so my goal is to make it easier. And if, and if I got to wait a little longer till I get all my things together to make it easier, then that's what I'm going to do. I would say to anyone watching this or listening, don't be in a rush to leave your nine to five. I know so mm. many people who are who have rushed to leave theirs, who talk about, you know, leaving their nine to five helps you. My nine to five helped me start my vending company. And mm. I know you wanted to maybe get into this later, but if it wasn't for that nine to five, I wouldn't have been able to get into vending and have the success that I've had. Like today, we just put two machines in one school. You know, we oh, got six so machines. Yeah. We got six machines. Someone sold us six vending machines for $3,500 when we first got into this, in the vending. Well, one, one new machine cost about $3,500. Mm -hmm. So we got it for six. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't have been able to start that without my job at all. 
I wouldn't have been able to start my my speaking business without my job at all. And now that money that I'm about to make from vending, we're about to put our our machine and and I don't even want to get to all the vending yet until you know start asking questions, but we're about yes. to put our machine two more machines into another private school in about 2 weeks. So that money I'm going to take and start Airbnb with my business partner. Because you don't have to physically be there for Airbnb. Everything can be mm -hmm. scrammed with a system and automated. So again, what that does is I'm making money from Airbnb. I'm making money from vending. Vending, I gotta come every so often, but I got a business partner. So if I'm speaking mm -hmm. somewhere, I don't he can handle it. And that allows me to make what I'm making and physically be present speaking. And I'm bringing in two streams of income over here. I can leave my job. I've already left my job at this point. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I'm good. And what what I for those of y'all that's taking notes, what I need you to take away from that: a have a plan in yes. place. Have a plan. You can't just jump in entrepreneurship and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna try this and see what happens." It doesn't work like that. Yeah, you need a plan. <laughs> I need you to have a plan, and then again, as she alluded to earlier, have a system in place to where you can leverage what's coming in. You know, mm -hmm. you don't always want to be swiping your card and draining everything that you have. Have something set up to where income that's coming in is already paying for something else. Yes. You know, yes. Don't, don't don't hustle backwards. There's too many people that do that. And then they look up and they're broke and they got to start closing down business ventures when really one could have been funding the other one, which was funding another one. And they just kept that cycle moving. But they didn't mm -hmm. have a proper system set up in place. Yeah. yeah. That's it. agree with you more on that one. And uh, another thing. Oh, um, for, oh, for the uh, the nine to fiver, I'm, again, can't say it enough. Do not let Instagram and Facebook get you to quit your job before you're ready. Yeah, you know, don't let it rush you. Yeah, like Raven say, you know, you want to have six to 12 months of savings. Hell, I'm a little more on the cautious side. I'm going to say 12 to 16 because you just never know <laughs> how that first six months of business is going to go. You know, but, you know, make sure you can cover your rent or cover your mortgage. Make sure you, you know, add up how much your car insurance is for the year and, and stuff like that. And the other part is for those that are on jobs where you have insurance and benefits covered, you got to, you know, add that up as well. Because once you're an entrepreneur, guess who that's on? That's on you. Yeah. And if you have an employer, you should, you should, hopefully you have checked uh, and seen if they have a 401k plan and got in it. Because once you leave, you want to roll that over to your Roth IRA or your traditional. I have a Roth with Fidelity. So I mm -hmm. put I put uh, every check. I have money going to my emergency fund, my Roth stocks, a whole separate account, and then my main account. And, you know, once I leave my job, they match that my employer matches what I have over there in that 401k. So they'll match that. And then I'm going to roll that right on over. To my Roth IRA when I leave. So you like like you said earlier, you want to have a plan, and uh, don't let social media rush you. Social media makes everything look easy. People DM me all the time. You're making it look easy. It is very hard. I'm tired right now. You know, what I mean? <laughs> I'm tired right now. Uh, yeah. But you know, I work hard now. I'm 31. I probably don't even look 31, but I'm working hard now. Um, because in about three, four years, I'm not going to have to work this hard. You know, like I plan to have the type of exposure I need as a speaker where now engagements and people are finding me coming to me. 
And then, mm-hmm. you know, I have systems with vending, systems with the Airbnb and the whole real estate thing. So you just got to have a plan and persevere because it's going to be hard. I, I have felt like quitting vending so many times, you know, when we first started because the locations is the thing that will make or break your vending business. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just been difficult. But I'm finally seeing like the fruits uh, of my labor. Chestnut checkers, ladies and gentlemen, chestnut checkers played a long game. Mm-hmm. And with with that, we are going to head to our first break. Once again, this is the Successes Within Reach podcast season two, episode 20, securing the bag with Miss Raven Turner. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. So let's uh, pivot a little bit and, st- you know, talk a little bit about your speaking platform. Uh, okay. What certifications um, or skills are most needed to be an impactful and sought after speaker? You don't need any certifications. Anyone can speak. You speak every day. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is someone going to pay to listen to you? Anybody like can talk. That. I know people who have been speaking, you know, and the thing is everyone calls themselves a speaker, everybody. Mm -hmm. And I guess everyone can because everyone, you know, mostly everyone can talk. But like I said, it comes down to is a school going to pay you $4,000 to come speak to their students? Are they going to pay you $5,000? Are they going to write you an $8,000, $10,000 check for your books, your program? That's the thing. Like, you know, I tell people all the time, anybody can write a book, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But what's their plan to sell it? Because after you write it, you have your little event, your church family coming, your family, your friends. Now what? You know, you got to have a plan. So you don't need any certifications. You need a message. You need to know a niche, your audience. And then, you know, you got to be able to sell yourself and what you do. Because, you know, until you get to the E.T. Inky level, Jeremy Shans, all of them, Jeremy Anderson, Lisa Nichols, Tony Robbins. You know, they put in work mm-hmm. 10 plus years. I'm on year like four or five. I got a long way to go. But mm-hmm. you just, you know, you have to put yourself out there. You got to give the gift away for free. I have done plenty of free engagements and I still do. Like I get I get paid a good amount, but I still do free. And I'm about to do some more free. Like I'm about to hit free very, very hard because that's what, you know, if you look at Eric Thomas, what got him to go viral was not he wasn't on them type of stages uh, that he's on now. It was him doing the advantage program at Michigan State. And I don't know if he was doing it for free or not, but he was doing it consistently every Monday uh, or every week, one day throughout the week, but consistently. And one day he told the video of, 
you um when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe that went viral and it changed his life he wasn't he was doing it for free giving the gift away for free so mm -hmm. i'm about to do the same thing because what did we just talk about success leaves clues that's yeah. how he went viral and i'm not necessarily i would love to go viral cool but i'm trying to get my speaking to a point where i don't have to call people every day and you know i have a whole system with the excel sheet and people but it's it's tiring you know what i mean so mm -hmm. you got to make adjustments you know and speaking you got to make adjustments i i would definitely tell anyone who feels like you know you you're supposed to speak or whatever you know get with people who are doing what you're doing because it is i mean i know people from grindation and um you know i'm not in grindation anymore but that's where i got my start with kindle with grindation meeting certain people tim mike nelson all of those type of people jonathan jones we keep in touch and we're still all out here speaking actually for a matter of fact and uh mm -hmm. it's been about four or five years i've been doing this since 2017 so i know a lot of uh you know how this thing works uh, but it is a process and it is slow and you know <laughs> slow you know, that's that's such a valid point. Like, I don't think people realize how long some of their favorite speakers have been doing this before they found out about them. Yes, a long time. You know, uh, you, you mentioned people like E.T. and Tony Robbins. Like, Tony Robbins has been doing this for ever and a day. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, you, you talking about a, a dude that's been in this game a long time, way before social media was even popping. Yeah. You know? So it, it can take a long time, but once you hit and yep. once you say you have those systems in place and, and you bring your mm -hmm. impact and value everywhere you go, it goes like clockwork. I mean, Tony Robbins just did an event that I still can't believe. Uh, not long after the pandemic hit, this dude had like a million people around the world plugged in to one of his virtual events since he couldn't do a live conference. That's yep. absolutely bananas. And, and imagine how long it took for him to get to that level. Like that didn't happen overnight. People just come in and listen to you. And he he don't charge no no low number either. Tony Robbins be charging big numbers. And most exactly. of his people who attend his conference are like corporate people too, though. So you mm -hmm. got to look at like the demographic. You know, ET's people are people who look more like us trying to get their mm -hmm. young 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, Tony Robbins is, they don't really look like us so much. And they are, you know, making a certain amount of money and, and they're trying to figure out how to get their organization that's making, you know, a million dollars to the next level or something. You know what I mean? So you got to know your demographic. And uh, mm -hmm. it's a it's a journey. Like you, you think, you know, you think uh, I've learned through this whole thing with speaking and stuff. You know, you think it's like I'm trying to get to the end, but there is no end. You know what I mean? No. Like there is no at the end of the tunnel. It's like, and, and you know, when you learn too, it's not so much of trying to accomplish a goal or you're chasing a reward. It's really like who you're becoming in the process of doing all of this. Mm -hmm. You know, are you coming, becoming a better woman, a better man? What are you learning? All this type of stuff, you know? And I think a lot of times too, a lot of people, I've had a lot of people, you know, who have seen me speak, family, friends, and be like, I want to speak. You know what I mean? For what? Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not speaking because <laughs> I'm not speaking because I want to speak. I'm speaking because I really, yeah. truly believe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? And uh, 
like I said, CJ, Eric, Eric Thomas's guy, he, he said something, your gift is something that comes easy to you and it's hard for others. And uh, this is, mm-hmm. like I said, it ain't been easy, but it, it has, it's, it's been easy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it ain't been easy, but it's been pretty easily coming. So, you know. And, and speaking, you know, people definitely can tell if the speaker is there for a check or if they're there because they yeah. are actually passionate about what they're speaking about. Um, right. So it's, yeah. it's definitely something if you have a gift for it and whatever your niche is, it's in tune with who you are as a person and what you stand for. I swear your speaking career will go so much further because people will actually buy into what you're speaking about instead mm-hmm. of just feel like you're talking at them for whatever a lot of time to get a paycheck. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've, I've actually walked out of a few mm-hmm. <laughs> seminars because I was like, all right, this, this dude sounds like a robot. He's just <laughs> filling a quota. Like he's not even recognizing the lady that's had her hand up for the last 25 minutes. It, right. uh, like you, you can tell who, who's really feeling it. And I think that's one thing, especially like with an ET, you know, and uh, Inky as well. Like these guys are so passionate when they deliver a message. Like you can hear a pin drop in the audience sometimes mm-hmm. because people are on the edge of their seat trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to say next and what topic they're going to cover next. And the, the way they uh, share information and tell stories is so passionate and impactful. You can't help but be captivated by it. Yeah. And I think those make for some of the best speakers. Yeah, you know, it's an art know. to this thing. There's an art to it, a science to it. You know, when I first started, you know, like I'm not even, I'm not even gonna lie. Like I was getting checks for like $3,500 and I was mm-hmm. not practicing, you know, like I heard Inky say when he first started, he was like, you know, I want to get in there and slam dunk, you know, mm-hmm. referencing it to sports. And I was like, I've been there. But then he was like, you know, there were times when he was like, God has given me this opportunity to speak in front of people. And when you're a speaker or when you're speaking, you have the opportunity to change the life, the lives and the life of the people in that room. It's very serious. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's kind of like God has given me this opportunity whether it's paid or not. And it's like, you got to take it serious. You, you, you can come in here and change. Someone might've been thinking about suicide today. Someone might've been thinking about quitting, giving up on their family, giving up on their marriage, giving up in school. But you came in, you said something that resonated with them. You said something and it planted a seed, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And after Mm -hmm. I heard talk about that, I was like, I got to take my crafts more seriously. Like I don't even feel good you know, making X amount of dollars. And I know I didn't give this my best. I didn't give y'all my best. Mm-hmm. So after that, I started practicing and I practice like every single day. I study speakers because you look at, you know, like athletes, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, all of those people, they've studied the ones who came before them. And Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant, one of my favorite athletes, basketball players, may rest in peace. And, you know, I've listened to some of his videos about the mama mentality. And, you know, I even incorporated that into my presentations. But you got to outwork who you were the day before. You know what I mean? If you're going to be a great athlete, you're going to get to the league. You can get to the league. But Mm -hmm. it's like, are you going to if you're going to practice only one hour out the week, you're never going to get there. If you're going to practice speaking one hour out the week, you're not going to become an exceptional speaker. You have to do it every single day, even on the days you don't feel like it. 
Like it has to become a non-negotiable. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. my goal every day is to outwork. Can I do more than I did the day before? Right? Like cut out, you know, in order to get to something, you got to give up something. So, you know, you're trying to be a serial entrepreneur. That ain't happening overnight. You know, there's some books you need to read. There are some people you need to connect with. And I can be the first one to tell you, I am tired all the time from working at nighttime. You know what I mean? Like my schedule mm -hmm. and time is crazy because I'm trying to fit certain things in my day. And then, you know, like this is no lie. Monday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I always spend time with God. Like I pray every day. But Monday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, like I open up my Bible. I give him about an hour, hour and a half of my time because I give my mm -hmm. time to everything else. And I feel like, you know, it's like if God gives you everything that you're asking for and he gives you everything that you want, you know what I mean? It's like, are you going to are you going to make time for him when he gives gives you everything? Like you're not even making time for him right now. So I got to give God my time. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. I, and like I said, I am tired. But but you got to figure out in your life what is the most important because you can't give everything equal time mm -hmm. so what's a priority you know if you're going to be a serial entrepreneur some priorities should and hopefully they are reading because you get i mean I, some people say you don't need to read but i love reading and i've learned everything i ha what have helped get me here today where i am is reading books you know podcasts you know i don't watch much tv i don't have time but uh you know reading podcasts and practicing my craft, you got to practice your craft. You got to study. If you're going to be a speaker, you got to study speakers. And one thing I've also learned is not just studying speakers, but studying like comedians, you know, how they work the stage because they're speaking, they're telling mm -hmm. jokes on stage. It's kind of similar so to what you're doing. Overlook that. <laughs> you're, yeah, it's, it's, you're, they're telling jokes on stage, but they're working the crowd. They're telling stories. You look at Kevin Hart, he's telling stories. You look at Cat Williams, he's telling stories. You're a storyteller if you're a speaker. Jesus was a storyteller. He told stories and parables, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just got to pay attention. You got to really pay attention. And all these things, you know, when you're studying, you bring it together, you you know, you should have like a Rolodex of stories. It should be muscle memory. So when you're speaking to certain crowds, regardless of who you're speaking to, you can tell the same story, but the lesson changes. Mm -hmm. you know, but when you know your story, you know it. And that's when, you know, and I used to play sports and I know for a fact when you're playing sports, when you're running on the court track, uh, you're not thinking about like when I get a fast break, oh my God, let me make sure I'm laying it up, you know, with the right hand. It's, it's yeah. just flows. But when you think like, oh my God, am I doing it right with the right foot? You're going to, you're about to mess up. And it's the same thing with speaking. You don't want to get on stage and be thinking about what I'm about to say. You want to know your story because everything should just flow. You've yeah. been here before. And you you cannot speak like that. You cannot speak like an Inky or Eric Thomas or anybody if you're not practicing. They have put in time. And that's why when they get up there, they're confident like that. Because they've been there before. They know it. They can weave in and out of a story and it's simple. Definitely got to put time in the gym. Um and I guess for speaking, you know, whether that's your living room, your bathroom mirror, your car, yeah. whatever the case may be, like you you can't, you can't like there's no shortcut to this. There's no yeah. shortcut, you know. Um yeah, you you can try to find a shortcut if you want, but you'll end up with either people getting up, walking out, 
going to sleep. Half the crowd is on their phone. Like you're gonna be like, damn, this. I'm for real. You'll be like, damn, and you know, we've all been in audiences where we're like, man, what is this person talking about? Yeah. But when you, and this is the thing: if you can, you know, the goal is to get the corporate and stuff for myself. But you wanna, if you can, if you can speak and hold your peers' attention, college students, high school students, if you can hold their attention, you're onto something. And the only way to hold people's attention like that is storytelling. Definitely, definitely. You know. Anybody that that ask about speaking, I tell them go to a high school, and they're like, "Why?" Go speak for free. This attention span. Go speak for free. If you can hold a group of teenagers that got cell phones in their hands, (laughs) if you can hold them for an hour, you're doing all right in my book. Yeah. So yes, high schools, colleges, definitely. Definitely, you know, and, and thinking about uh, when you were mentioning Kobe, it just reminded me of the story AI told the other week. He said uh, how he knew that he and Kobe were different. He said that when they were in that finals against each other, he said they had just finished playing a game. I mean, a hard, hard, hard fought game. And he said they saw each other in the parking deck. And he was like, what you about to do? He said, Kobe asked him, what are you about to do? And I was like, yeah, you know, a couple of us got some VIP spots. We about to go hit up the club. What you about to do? You coming through? He's like, no, nah, I'm about to go to the gym. And he said already, he said, he's like, damn, we ain't going to win. <laughs> he, was, he said that's when he knew that he was just built different, you know. And yes. so much emphasis has been put on the mama mentality here in the past couple of years. And, of course, with his passing. But I don't think people really understood and appreciated the greatness of it when it was actually going on. You know, mm-hmm. like this dude was just built different. And and you have to have that mentality if you really want to be in the upper echelon of whatever it is that you do. Yes. You want to be exceptional you know? at what you do. It's you know, look at look at Chick-fil-A. Like I have a Chick-fil-A story. A great story, but it's about excellence, holding mm-hmm. yourself to a higher standard. Chick-fil-A don't even operate on Sundays. But if you look at Chick-fil-A, every time I pass by Chick-fil-A, that line is out into the street. People will yep. come. They don't care. They will come and get in that line and make it even longer. They will wait for the food. Why? Because Chick-fil-A has mastered what they do. They have mastered customer service and they have mastered uh, um, a level of excellence, a standard. You don't get that when you go to McDonald's, Burger King, Arby's, and people will wait for it. So Definitely. you got to hold yourself to a higher standard. They don't even operate on Sundays and they are still like the best top fast they make great money like they're not hurting you know what i mean so you you got to look at yourself the same way you know what are you producing yeah what are you producing you know i i knew chick-fil-a was different and i i'll never forget it i went to a chick-fil-a i was probably not the 10th grade i guess we had a chick-fil-a in the mall and there's a bunch of us sitting down eating and the actual manager came by and was like, mm-hmm. everybody good? Anybody need a refill? Anybody need some more ketchup or, or Polynesian sauce? Whatever the case may be. And I was like, dang, don't no managers do that at any other restaurants? And the dude actually took like three of our cups, went and refilled them and brought them back with mm-hmm. you know fresh straws or whatever. And I was like, yeah, this this is a little different here. It's not McDonald's yeah. or Burger King, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you said, once, once you figured out something that can make you different from everybody else, and then you excel at it and make it not just something to be different, but that's actually your gold standard. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. 
Sure is. Uh, also on speaking, I want to ask you, um, is it easier to get yourself booked or acquire an agent or agency? And what is your process of selecting and securing a speaking opportunity? I know everybody um, does things a little differently. I book my own engagements. I book it all. Like I do it all. Now, one day I hope to step away from it, but that's when I, uh, you know, the thing is, like I said, you know, if you're going to be a full-time speaker, it's not, can I make $5,000 like one time? You know what I mean? Like that's not, mm -hmm. at this point for me, that's not hard to do. But the thing mm -hmm. is, I haven't got to the point where I'm getting like three a month. Like I was hitting that type, those type of numbers before the pandemic. All right. Mm -hmm. you know, now things have changed. You know, I got engagements that were canceled. Like I was speaking at Howard in April before the diagon pandemic came you know, uh, so it's like in order to walk away from your job, you, you know, now think of it. If you're getting four engagements a month at $5,000, that's $20,000. Mm -hmm. That's you're in a totally different tax bracket. If you can hit those numbers every month, even if you can do two or three a, a month at $2,3500, you're hitting. I mean, I'm talking about every month. That is how you can leave, leave, leave your job. So, I mean, like I don't have an agent. I book mm -hmm. my own engagements, but I, what I do every day, like I, I have an Excel sheet on my computer and I have a list of contacts, people I've spoken to before people, you know, like you probably have heard of this from being with Kendall, but you got to date these people, you know, you have to court them, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to get the cookie, you know, so to speak, <laughs> you, don't yeah. get the, you don't get to get the cookie the same day, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, they're not giving it up that easily, that opportunity, that spot. So you have to sell them, show them why you're this, why you're that. Now you can, if I mean, if you're new to this, I don't see why you'd be getting an agent because you're losing money. You know what I mean? No one can sell you better than yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've been on the phone with people who are literally looking at my website. They're literally looking at my YouTube channel. Like I've heard my videos in the background when I'm talking to people. Like I said, it's a process. You have to court people and i'm gonna tell you if you want to speak professionally you're gonna have to be persistent mm -hmm. i mean there's no way around it you better become friends with persistence and be able to persevere because you're gonna get a lot of no's a lot of no's and um mm -hmm. that's just how this that's just how this road the, that's just, just what's on this road you know what i mean um so i don't have an agent like i said when i get to the point where i'm making that type of money consistently and i'm getting four three four engagements a month i will i will get an agent soon you know i'll have mm -hmm. like maybe my sister or somebody someone who i can pay to book my engagements you know and like i said when i can get to the point where people are calling me you know so it's no longer like i have to get on the phone to do this i have a number for speaking you're calling this number you're going to my website booking me you know i've been booked plenty of times on my website but, you know, um, that's when you want to get an agent. So you got to make baby steps, small steps. Like, don't be so quick. Oh, my God, I need an agent. You're not at that level yet. Now, you, mm -hmm. you may be. I'm not at that level. So, you know, and I'm not into giving away any money when I can do it myself. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, but, yeah, but when you get to certain points in your business, that's when you start outsourcing so you can get your time back and do and do other things with your time. It's all about time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So right now I got to, I got to 
use a good amount of my time to get the engagements. But uh, I always have a contract. Um, I never go anywhere. I'm not going to any school unless they sign the contract and I sign the contract, right? And this binds us as an agreement. I always send out something called scope of the work. Um, so that lets me know what they want me to speak about because when you're speaking, it's not about what you want to speak about. And I've gone into, when I first started, gone into engagement, speaking about what I want to speak about. It's about what the, what the people need to hear. Those mm -hmm. students, you know what I mean? If you're in front of a, a older crowd and they are, you know, Caucasian, you may not need to go in there with all that raw, raw, raw stuff. You know, like say mm -hmm. for instance, I'm going to some people who are healthcare workers. I may not be going in there talking about no raw, raw, raw stuff. You know what I mean? I'm going in yep. there approaching it differently because of the crowd, you know, and you got to know who you're speaking to. And it's just little ins and outs. You know, when you go speak, you, you want to talk to the people before you get on stage, you know, because the better you know the people, the more it's going to make the engagement. You know, like I do that all the time and I'm an introverted person. But when I'm coming to speak, I'm coming to do a job. I don't have time to be introverted. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I have time to do a job and I have to do it well. You're paying me a certain amount of money. Um, and you, you want your crowd to be engaged and loosened up. So sometimes during engagement, I don't met someone, say, for instance, named Mark. I may say his name during the presentation. That gets everyone's mm -hmm. attention, his attention, you know, um, all type of stuff, you know, all little tricks and trades. So, uh, like I said, I just learned these things from being in these circles, take making an investment in myself to pay for certain programs and then studying speakers and studying comedians. And if you look at those comedians, you watch Kevin Hart be calling out people sometime too. Shaq, LeBron, Steph. Yeah. You just got to pay attention. It's all speaking. It's all stand up. You know, mm -hmm. you're either telling jokes, you're going to make people laugh, or you're doing something a little bit more serious where you're helping people get from where they are to another level to where they want to be. So. Definitely. Yeah. This guy was just watching not long ago. He said, you're either going to make them laugh, make them learn, or make them cry. That's very good. I will use that. Make them laugh, make them run, or make them cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and you, you hit on something so key, like learning your audience. I don't think enough people do that. And to me, it shows that they're speaking for the check and not for the impact. You know, they just come or in. Or maybe they don't. Work. Yeah, or maybe they don't know. And that's why you got to make the investment. Because these, mm -hmm. I didn't know all this stuff when I started. But I had to make an investment. You know, I had to make an investment and the money you get from speaking. If you're going to really be a speaker, you know, you have to invest some of that back into your business. You know, okay. you take you take a profit of it, pay yourself. But then the rest, you know, and. Excuse me, you know, you always want to get yourself speaking, filming. If you got to hire someone to do it. Do it. I fly people out all the time. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have to. I'll get someone locally. Um, but again, that comes down to relationships, you know figuring things out, who knows who. Videographers know other videographers. Speakers know yeah. other speakers. You need a videographer, you know one, ask them who they know. You know, that's how it all works. And um, mm. yeah, you know, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a, it's a whole, like a machine type thing. And uh, you need every piece moving, you know what I mean? So like I say, you gotta court people, you gotta date them. Some people you may have to date for two years till they let you come and speak. 
-hmm. But if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And uh, you need to be practicing because any opportunity may come and you don't want to be trying to get ready. You want to be ready. You know, if A&M calls me, Texas A&M, I ain't got time to be trying to practice. I got to be ready. Yeah. I know exactly what I'm going to say to these athletes. Yeah. I've been waiting for y'all. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. You know what I mean? And uh, one thing I would tell people too, anyone listening who wants to speak, um, like I said, you got to find out what they want. So it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant, you know, mm -hmm. you don't ever, when you go to a restaurant, they don't ever be like, well, how much money do you have? This is what you can afford. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? As a speaker, you don't ever want to lead with that. Well, what's in your budget? No, no, no. You want to find out, okay, well, what type of challenges are your students facing or whoever your audience is? What are the challenges that you're facing? Like what, what are the issues or the problems? And then, and then this is what I do. I do X, Y, Z. I help student athletes go from game time to lifetime. Or, you know, if I'm talking to athletes, athlete to entrepreneur, because every athlete is not going to be a, a professional athlete. But what they can do is use those same skills and apply it to any area. Like I'm going to show your athletes how to take those same skills that they learn as a collegiate student athlete and how to apply it to any career and help them become successful. That's what I do. And that, okay, I'm solving a problem because every athlete's not going to college. Every athlete's not going pro. And mm -hmm. athletes don't know how to, you know, they've been athletes forever. But, you know, you're a student first. You're a human. You're an individual first. So without the game, who are you? You know, so. Definitely. You got you to gotta figure out what it is that you do. And uh, once you figure that out, you know, you'll know kind of what direction. You'll know how to sell yourself. You know, like I went to Purview, but Purview is a D1. You know what I mean? Like. It's at the low, it's mm. at the bottom, but it's a D1. It's mm. part of the NCAA. So when I'm talking to these people or sending emails, I have in my thing, former NCAA collegiate athlete. I don't have to say I went to Baylor or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm part of NCAA. I'm a former collegiate athlete. I had a scholarship. I know what it takes. It may not be Baylor, but it's still a D1. I still had to work to get there. No doubt. So... You know, you just got to, like I said, you got to sell yourself. And for all of my note takers, please write it down. Problem solving, problem solving. Like she said, don't just start out with what's your budget. Yeah, no. Know that you can help solve a problem and problem solving gets you to the bag. Right. And not just in speaking, in every form of entrepreneurship. Anybody mm -hmm. can make a gimmick product that, that goes viral and it's gone in three or four months. Anybody can, you know, get a video that gets hot and they don't have any substance behind it. They'll be gone in a couple of months. But once you solve a problem, that mm -hmm. is how you get to the bag, ladies and gentlemen. And if you do a great job, I promise you, they're going to tell their friend. Those people know people at principals. One principal knows other principals. You know, one mm -hmm. athlete knows other athletes, one coach. All you need is just one. Like I say, I'm not trying to catch every fish. I just need to catch the right one. That's yep. all you got to do. Catch the right one. And that right one can open up the door to everything else. Definitely. Oh, man, this, this has been awesome. <laughs> like I, I told you, I'll bring your notepads. I, I knew it was going to happen. 
Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at our second break here. Again, this is the Successes Within Reach podcast, season two, episode 20. I'm with Miss Raven Turner as we're discussing uh, the mindset of securing the bag. This break is brought to you by Breakthrough Kings, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So now I want to jump into um, some questions about the vending space. Okay. Um, I swear I had like six people. As soon as I said I was having you on, they were like, oh, she got to turn the vending page. Yeah, ask her this. Ask her. <laughs> <laughs> like It is super, super hot right now on social media with people getting into this vending space. So I want to ask you uh, what appealed to you about the vending industry and how hard was it to get set up and operational? Ooh, what appealed to me. I'm just into, like I said, my main focus is speaking. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, like I said, I just pay attention to all these people. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even really necessarily want to get into vending right away because I'm really focused on mastering one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at, I reference a lot of things in sports. You look at LeBron James and them. They didn't, he didn't start out with Nike and Sprite endorsements and, you know, Space Jam, he mastered basketball and he mm. became so great at it that it opened the door to everything else. You know, the the shop, everything, everything. Kobe Bryant, look at all of them. They mastered the game of basketball, won finals, all of that. So that's what I was trying to do. But, you know, with speaking, sometimes it takes a little longer to process. So I say, you know, I got to get into some things. And this is how, you know, serial entrepreneurs and entrepreneur who kind of has multiple things going on. So I said vending would be a good start because my goal is to get into real estate. Um, but vending is, is is different from speaking as far as how the business is ran. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really like, you know, because like we have we have a, a line of credit, like all of that type of stuff. Like this is some legit stuff. A Dun & Brad's number, everything. So uh, it's, it's a way to make passive income, vending. And I saw a post the other day that someone made that said vending does not create passive income. And I said, that's a lie. Like, we're not even making the type of passive income we want yet, but that is a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely is a, a, a business that can be very lucrative and it can be passive. Now, we see it all the time. So that's why I got into vending, right? Now, I can say this. I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it is, right? Mm. Like, I know nothing comes easy. Everything takes hard work, but it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And I think the thing that was just the hardest to me is really it comes down to the location and moving those machines. Um, so when we got started, you know, I'm a person of faith. I believe things. I'm an executor. That is what I do. I execute. I'm not about all that talking. So mm-hmm. I got with my sister. And a, a, a friend of mine, Brian, he's a guy. I was like, we need a guy on the team. Um, it's supposed to be my brother, but his mind ain't there. You know, he's a little younger in games and stuff. I ain't got time for that. So I had to get with somebody who's thinking like I'm thinking. 
So it was three of uh -huh. us. And what we did was we put our money together. So you can either finance a machine or you can buy a used one or whatever. We were going to finance, but I was like, I don't want to finance during the pandemic um, because anything can happen and we, you know, that place may get shut down or something and now we're left with this bill. So mm -hmm. I was like, we're gonna save our money. And I'm and I'm I have the majority of the company, right? Um so at the time it was three of us. Now it's two. I had to get rid of my sister, unfortunately, because everybody just ain't, you know, they they just they like the idea of it, but they don't like, you know, they're not putting in that work. And it is gotcha. what it is. I think my sister are great, we're cool, we love each other, but you just I can't do business with you. So it's two of us, right? Still on the majority. And that part of that too is because when you have a business and you are a woman or you're black owned, you can get certain contracts. Um, mm -hmm. It's because you own the majority. So that is why we did that. And then of course, it's my whole idea, my name. So that is how that happened. But before my sister was out the company and all that other stuff, we put our money together and saved a certain amount every two weeks. I have a CPA and he had an uncle Someone in his family who actually was in the vending business who had six machines, about six, seven machines. He was trying to get out the business because of COVID. He's older, wanted to get out. So he sold the six vending machines for $3,500. Now, we would never really, any other time, you really don't want to take any type of machines when you don't have any locations. Mm -hmm. But this was a good deal. So we had to take it. And they were all combo machines. And um, he allowed us nice. to keep them at his warehouse. So I was like, this is a win-win. And um, what two of the machines came with two locations. Well, out of the six, two of them came with locations. So we no longer have those locations. They were both slow. I was like, I don't know why he chose these locations because they're not making no money. But, uh, you know, allowed us to get our feet wet. They didn't have any card readers. He, this, this same guy also gave us a $5,000 line of credit. So when I talk about favor, when oh, I talk wow. about God, this is literally how we got started. A man sold us six machines. He also gave us a $5,000 line of credit and allowed us to keep these machines at his warehouse. Today, officially, all the machines are moved and we have all of our machines placed. So one thing too, um, you know, when it comes to bending or any business, when you look at these companies like Apple, right? Apple has MacBooks. They have the iPod, AirPod. Apple Music, it's one, it's one umbrella, and under that umbrella, they got different things, different branches, the phone, mm -hmm. the iPad, the laptop, and vending, or any company that you have, you wanna have the same thing, because if laptops go down in business or whatever, you got four other branches that's making money. So vending, mm -hmm. You can sell snack machines and you know the basic type of stuff, snacks and drinks. And I, I'm a believer in mastering one thing first. Like if you're gonna sell weave machines or whatever, weaving your machines and master that. If you're gonna sell snacks and, and um, candy and drinks, master that and then go to the next one. So we are doing snacks and drinks right now. Um, and we had two assisted living. Oh, let me go back. So what I was gonna say was, with vending, what we have realized is flipping machines is another stream of income in your vending business. And okay. that's what we did. So we had six machines, right? Uh, one of them was, all of them were combo machines, um, but one was like a combo machine side by side. And we didn't want that. So we sold it. 
and uh, we got like six hundred dollars for it. No, we got we got a thousand dollars for that machine. We just sold that like two weeks ago, so we made more than what we purchased for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of our assisted living centers, we had two assisted living centers making okay money. Now this is after we left those two locations that the guy who gave us these machines he had already for us. We mm-hmm. took those two machines and moved them to an assisted living center. They're making okay money. Not, you know, we may have to go there once a month, maybe twice okay. a month to fill it up. That's that's really a kind of slow location. You don't want that. Um, but one of the assisted living centers had two machines, um, and they wanted to get rid of them. So we bought them both for $100. Two machines, a snack, and a drink for 100 total. Oh, and we wow. sold it. Yeah, and then we sold it for like we sold one for six hundred and one for like nine hundred or something. So we made a profit off of both. So we have flipped at least three or four machines and made a profit. And what we did with the money is we used the money to pay back the guy who gave us the five thousand dollar loan line of credit. Mm -hmm. So you know, like I said, flipping machines is not wasn't even my idea. It was my my business partner's idea. So it is, it has been very lucrative. So, you know, we may find a machine here, find a machine there. We're going to try to take it off of your hands. And if it's in good condition, use whatever it's a win. Cause someone needs that machine. We want to get rid of it and we'll flip it and make the profit. And that's another stream of income. So that is kind of what we've been doing uh, today. You know, we got our first school location. I've seen, you know, my goal is to not have like a hundred machines. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in even maybe even like 50. I'm interested in having fewer machines, but great locations. So Mm -hmm. if I can have like today, we got two machines in one school. That's a good location. We have a today, another this Friday, I should be getting the green light on another school. They're going to get two machines. That's four machines in a, in a school and two schools. Now, of course, we don't want no more schools. We could maybe mm-hmm. one more, um, one more school in a certain district that I I have ties with, and that's it. Because you okay. want to diversify your portfolio, just like anything else, right? So next on my list is hospitals, and this is another thing. It all everything is about mastering a lane. So I said, you know, when I wanted assisted living centers, I got our machine three of them in assisted living centers. And come to find out they weren't really good locations, not for us. Now, I know people who make great money off assisted living centers. Ours, mm-hmm. we're not doing that. So I focus on schools. I now have us three schools. And the machines that we put in there today are middle school. Right beside them is the high school. So we, we're going to try to get the high school. And this school is literally 10 minutes from my house. So, oh, uh, yeah, so... You know, it's been a journey to get here. I can say that. Like, we didn't start out with with these schools. It started out slow. You know, we had one location that we got from the guy who sold us the machine. We had to raise the prices up because it's like they they already slow foot traffic, and then the prices are way too low. So he obviously was not like interested in making a profit from this like that. Mm-hmm. So we had to raise the prices, and they put on our on our machine too expensive. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that, that that pissed me off. Then that pissed me off. I'm telling you, I had that oh, machine. Out there. I had that machine out of there in like a week. Like oh, no We moved the machine ourselves. Now the thing with our combo machines is they're all on wheels. 
-hmm. So it's not hard to move them. Thank God. Um, So this this journey, it's been a blessing. It's been some experiences, some ups and downs. But anyone who's interested in getting into vending, you know, it's going to take some time. You know, you never want to get a machine without having a location first. You know, you want to group economics is a good way to go. That is where you're not having to do it by yourself. Um, Mm Because like I said, you got to remember, like, why you're doing what you're doing and what the end goal is. I'm doing this to get passive income and I'm doing this. Uh, you know, so I can be having another stream because this is something I can pass down to my children, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But my goal is to speak full time, remember. So I, in order to do that, I got to be there to speak. But vending, I don't have to be there. You know, we have the app on our phone. I can see all day long who's purchasing what. Now, the Sister Living Centers, they are 24 hours. So it's crazy how, you know, I may be at work and I get to work at 12 a.m. I'm checking the thing and no joke, I got, I done made like $10. People buying beef jerky, honey buns, Pepsi, Sprite. So it's crazy, you know, to see. Boy, my cravings. Yeah, it's crazy to see, um, you know, these type of transactions. And it's just like, wow. So imagine mm. if you got you have a school. Those kids, you know, one school is 500 students. Now, if we got to be there two, three times out the week, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. That's the type of problem you want. No doubt. Like I, you got me sitting here thinking now. I'm like, how many times a week do people have to go that have vending machines in an airport? Mm-hmm. And airport machines are those prices are way higher because you know airport is higher. But yeah. you want to get, you know, like I said, my goal is to. It's about working smarter, not harder. I don't want. I don't want maybe thirty machines. I want mm-hmm. maybe ten, but they're all at great places. A warehouse. I went to one warehouse. The guy told me they got vending services, but I'm talking to the security guard. We're just talking. He's like the person who comes and does our vending. He's here. He he comes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I said, damn, like that's a problem yeah. you want. That, and it's 24 hours. That's the that's what you want. You can have two or three machines at one place like that. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, and because eventually, you know, like, I don't know, if, but if you follow me or if you're interested in vending, you know, if you go look at my Instagram page, Turner Vending, you'll see on there that we outsource now. So when it comes to like getting the machines like today, my business partner and the guy who we had getting our machines, they were getting them. I was home. You know what I mean? I wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. I was home and I just met them to go put the stuff in the machine when we put it to the school. But once you get your business a certain way, you outsource all of that. So if someone, they call you and say, hey, the machine isn't functioning properly or something, you can call uh, the person who made fix your machines to come and come out and fix something, you know? Um, and our machines, there's one key, but you can have like the money key that opens the money box um, that locks. So it's like if I gave the maintenance guy a machine, a key to our machine, he can't get that. He can't get in the money box, but he can mm-hmm. get into the part where you just got to fix an issue, you know? Okay. So like that is something that you can outsource, you know, when you need to get a machine moved or something, you know, you will see the guy on our Instagram story moving the machine. I don't move machines, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let someone do that. Now I have moved them and helped Brian move them, but that's not, we. that ain't what we do. So you, know, <laughs> you, let, you let the people who do that, do that. And you you take yeah. care of the, the paperwork, the taxes, all of that, you know. So 
I don't know if you were going to ask, but some people ask, do I need to get an LLC? You don't have to get an LLC to start a vending company, but you want an LLC. You want, you're in business. You want to mm -hmm. have an LLC because what that does is it separates you from your business. And if uh, someone were to sue your business and you don't have an LLC, they're going to sue your personal assets, your personal checking accounts and all that stuff. You about to become broke and yeah. uh, that's just not smart. So when you have an LLC, you you have it set up to where it's two separate entities. You know what I mean? So if someone sues the business and you don't got fifty dollars in the business, well hell, they that's all they getting. You know what I mean? And you can have ten thousand in your checking account. They're not getting that. They can't get that. Mm -hmm. So you want to separate it. You don't have to have an LLC to start, but you want to get one. You want to make that investment. And I think in Texas it's three hundred dollars. I mm -hmm. think. Um, but yeah, you want to get that. If you can get insurance, like we we just got insurance maybe a month ago on our machines. We got liability insurance, damage insurance. So it's all in one, you know, and we okay. pay, we only pay like 30 something dollars a month for it, you know? Um, so these are investments that you want to make. You want to get a card reader for all of your machines, you know, even at mm -hmm. our, those, those slow locations that we had when we first started, we didn't have a card reader. Um, but we got them and then we seen an increase in the sales and um, you got to remember like the way the world is moving money is becoming obsolete people don't even carry money all the time but they carry cards so you know like we had that little the last yeah. time I put a dollar in a soda machine <laughs> yeah yeah me either uh, you know so you want to get card readers card readers will increase your sales now they are expensive they're like 300 they're not even like three hundred dollars like three something but mm -hmm. um but it's like i said it's an investment this is why you know group economics is not a bad way to go because you don't have yeah. to do it all by yourself um and it was smart for me for what i'm doing so like i said if i'm on the road speaking because i plan to be speaking two three times out the week if i'm on the road speaking i got a business partner who can handle it you know and even when you get to a certain point with your business you can have contractors or friends come out put on your shirt and go stock mm -hmm. the machine you know what i mean so it's all different type of options you just got to figure out you know which way you want to go and what you want to do and go from there i love it i love it if anybody has any questions i'm telling you go check out her page on instagram um even their um specific vending page like they have step by step shown you the process from the jump all the way up until now, you know, and I, I love it because you have such a what I feel like is a realistic view of actually setting this thing up instead of somebody just creating a page and saying, hey, we got 20 machines and this is how much money we're getting out of each one. Like so many people do and I absolutely hate it, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I appreciate when people actually show you the process behind it and help you with the blueprint behind it. So I, I love everything about it. Yes, absolutely. All right. And before we wrap up, I also want to uh, touch on, I know you have um, two books out. You have a book called Push and you have a book called Small Wings Create Momentum. Yes. Um, if you could share with us um, what each one is about and what inspired you to create them. Oh, yeah, sure. So Push is my first book. Um, P-U-S-H-E-D, Pushed. And it's about turning adversity into your advantage. That book just talks about how I got into speaking, entrepreneurship, got on this whole path 
because like I said, mm -hmm. Nike wasn't working out. Uh, going to Florida wasn't working out. You know, I had to move back home. My parents still live with my parents today. One of the best decisions I've ever made or, you know, was put in, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, yes. But all that adversity pushed me into this. It pushed me into my purpose. Mm -hmm. So that is why it's called pushed because adversity challenges is trying to push you somewhere. And if you pay attention, you can turn that adversity into your advantage. I came into the situation moving in. My parents broke, confused about my life, not trying, not knowing what I was going to do. I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing today, ever. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, business sounds good, but it's like, where do I begin? Where do I start? No one in my family is doing business. These are all the type of thoughts I had. But it's like mm -hmm. when you keep going, if you just keep going, if you just keep persevering, you're going to figure it out. You're going to find yourself on the path that you're supposed to be on. And it's all because of adversity. Sometimes things don't work out, so things can work out. I like and, that. And, and you never know what God is doing. You know what I mean? You never know what he's doing. He sees the entire picture. You just see that one little glimpse. So that is the name. And that is how I got that name pushed because that adversity, that opposition, it pushed me into where I was supposed to be. And when I do leave my parents' house, I'm probably going to be damn near a millionaire. I'm going to be mm -hmm. close to where I want to be as a speaker, having multiple streams. It's going to be crazy. You know, the story work making $12 an hour. I'm telling you, I was like in over $10,000 worth of debt, but I had mm -hmm. to come up with a plan. I had to come up with a Excel sheet and get out of this thing. And uh, mm -hmm. it has been, it's just been a crazy journey. Small Wins Create Momentum is my second book. I released that right before the pandemic happened. Next thing I know, this is a whole pandemic. I don't even know what that was at the time. And, uh, I got that name because, you know, everybody is like, everybody's trying to get this big hit and I want this today and, you know, million dollars viral, all this stuff today. And what people don't understand, there's power in small wins. There's power mm -hmm. in the small things, doing the small things every single day consistently, you know? So it's kind of like you want to lose weight. You're not just going to lose 20 pounds in a day or a week, most likely. But if you work out, an hour a day, those little small increments, their benchmarks, progress points, it creates momentum. You don't mm -hmm. realize in a week you don't lost 10 pounds. That's momentum. I'm excited. I'm confident. It's working now. You know what I mean? The next week you're doing it again. You're working harder because you're seeing results. And those small things, it's like a snowball effect. It's creating momentum for you, right? I always mm -hmm. say momentum is movement. And uh, you, you got to be moving mentally before you can be moving physically. Right. So, of course, you got to be believing that you can, you know, you got to believe in yourself because uh, if you don't believe, you know, that you can do it and you ain't moving mentally, you ain't about to move physically. You know, and like I said, momentum is like it's having gas in your car. You know, when you have gas in your car, you can drive anywhere you want in the world. But when you have no gas, you're stuck and you're stagnant and you're watching people pass by. You're watching your friend across the street making moves in their business. Next thing you know, you're trying to go do what they're doing in their business. That ain't what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not that the grass is greener on the other side. The grass is green where you water it. You know, a lot of people, they jump in and out of lanes. Right. A lot of people find themselves in traffic jams. They find themselves in waters that they cannot swim in. That's because you're not supposed to be in there. You're not, you're, you know, your friend is in their bag because they're in their purpose. 
You got to mm-hmm. find your purpose. And you got to create these small steps. And every day is a small win, right? Every day I make a phone call, whether it's a yes or a no, or it's closer to me getting into an engagement, it's a small win. I woke up mm-hmm. today. I uh, called people even when I didn't feel like it. It's a small win. Every day that I'm looking for locations, it's a small win. And then eventually that momentum gives you the big win. And that's mm-hmm. when you get the 4,000 to 4,500 engagement. You know, that's when you get to school with your vending machines because it's the small things you did every single day. So small ones create momentum. It's about understanding the power of doing small things and what those small things are and how those small things you do every day creates a momentum for you that helps you get the main thing that you're trying to get to. And see, that's that's how you know that she's a dynamic speaker. She just stepped on your toes and then built you back up all in the same <laughs> answering the same question. I love it. I love it. And uh, also, I forgot to ask, where can we find uh, both of your books? Uh, you can go to my follow me on my Instagram at the Raven Turner. So D as in. T as in Tom, H as in Henry, E as in Egg, theraventurner.com. And uh, go to my link in my bio and it'll take you right to my Shopify. And uh, you can order it from me. It'll be signed and come with a bookmark or you can go to Amazon. Uh, if you go to Amazon, it will not be signed by me though. So the best bet is if you want it signed, get it from me off of Instagram. That's what's up. And I urge everybody to get it from her. It's, it's so dope when you can have a book and say that it was signed by the author. Like I, I, I for me, it's the little things that matter, yeah. you know. And wow. I, I just think that's dope when somebody can actually sign their body of work, you know. Yeah. All right, as we wrap up, um, I'd like to ask you what's next for you uh, here in 2021. And um, again, you can let people know where they can find you online and on social media for your services. Yes. So what is next for me in 2021? It's just to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, I'm on the right path. You know, some days I feel like I'm not going to lie. A lot of people look at my Instagram and think I got this all figured out. There are days when I'm discouraged. There are days when I am like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this. I don't know if I can do this. But, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that's just, you know, the enemy and doubt trying to stop you. I know I'm on the right path. So my goal is to just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, get these engagements. My goal is to be getting two or three engagements a month. I'm probably getting ready to leave my job. Uh, I think it's time. And um, keep growing my vending company. And then I would like to have before this year and maybe one or two Airbnbs. So what? We got what, like six months left in this this year? Mm-hmm. I can get that done. I can get one or two Airbnbs. I'm gonna see if I can pull that out. Hey, speaking into existence, speaking into existence. I'm with it. Yeah. And then again, oh, you can find me at Turner Vending on Instagram, T-U-R-N-E-R Vending, and then at the Raven Turner. So T as in Tom, H as in Henry, E as in Egg, the Raven Turner. Follow both pages on Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. Follow them both. I'm telling you, the content is super dope. 
you know, she like I said, it's you don't get a whole lot of this craziness that you see on Instagram with people just making up stuff for clicks and likes. And you know, those are the type of people that I like to follow, people that I feel like are real and give you the real part of entrepreneurship and the game, you know, mixed in with the inspiration as well. So yeah. I, I love I love what you're doing and I love what you're putting out and how you're impacting people. Thank you. No doubt. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is at the part of our show where I leave you with this week's mind shift moment. Uh, this week's mind shift moment says entrepreneurship is chestnut checkers. You have to play the long game. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Whether you see it or not, dues were paid. Uh, millions dream about it. Many of them talk about it. Some attempt it, but only a chosen few actually master entrepreneurship. You have it in you. The million dollar question is, how bad do you want it? We all have 86,400 seconds in a day. It's up to you to make sure that each one counts. And that is this week's Mind Shift Moment. I want to thank my guest again, Ms. Raven Turner. This has been a super, super dope episode. I knew she was going to bring it. That's why I told y'all when I posted it, bring your notebooks, because I already knew what time it was. So I want to <laughs> thank you for joining the Successes with Reach podcast. Absolutely. I'll say that one more time. What did you say? I said, so I want to thank you again for joining the Successes Within Reach podcast. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you for having me. I told you I'm tired. I'm about to take a nap. I'm going to work at 12 a.m. But thank you. It was a pleasure. I, I pray that anyone um, listening, you got something. Y'all have questions, you know, feel free to reach out, DM via DM. We're putting out some ebooks soon before the year is out. The first ebook for vending, not for speaking. But for vending, we're going to put an ebook out about locations, about how to get started, because I've been there and I'm telling you, all I wanted to quit vending. I wanted to quit this, but I'm so mm -hmm. glad I stuck with it. So I know how y'all feel. Get into it. DM me if you got questions. You know, everybody's trying to build wealth. Everyone's trying to, um, you know, create that for their families, themselves, you know, so we got to work together. And believe me, you're going to have to make an investment on some of these things. Like you can't get things just for free out here. Nothing is free. College wasn't free. They weren't giving away free information. You got to pay for it. And uh, if anyone put in the time to learn their business, learn their craft, master it, get to a certain level, and you want the resources and the information, I think it's only right that people pay their dues and make the investment. Because when you make the investment, that tells not just the person, but yourself that you're serious. Mm -hmm. That's facts. Indeed. Gotta yeah. put that work in. Gotta put that work in. Nothing in life is free except air, excuses, and opinions. That's it. Oh, very good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I'm your host, Shannon Smith. Uh, for those that may be new to the show, I am a consultant, uh, entrepreneur, investor, motivational speaker here in the D.C. area. I am the owner, of, as you see behind me, of the CEO within you. Mm -hmm. And what we do is educate, motivate and assist entrepreneurs and companies and maximizing their full potential, uh, focusing on leadership, staff performance, uh, management, customer acquisition, market presence, operational efficiency and scalability. Uh, you can. Uh, reach us at www.theceowithinyou.com. You can find me personally on Instagram at the underscore CEO underscore within. And of course, you can find me on uh, the Successes Within Reach podcast here Thursdays at 8 o'clock and then streaming on all major platforms. 
Uh, this has been an awesome episode. And once again, this is the Successes Within Reach podcast where we remind you that you were not designed to be good. You were designed to be great. And with that, I will see you next week. Thank <music> you.